0: Boker tov. Today we're going to study when the servant of Abraham was in the household of Laban, and Betuel and Rivka, and Rivka's mother, and his uh, his retelling of the story. I'll look at this. After. His retelling of the story and how it differs from how the story actually transpired. There are a few very very interesting points about how he retells the story. Now we're going to do that and we're going to go to the we're going to try to get to the end of the parashah and yeah, we're going to try to go to the end of the parasha so we can get a kind of a complete overview of the parashah by the end of the by the end of the class. Okay. We are in let's see. So we, we, we did the part inside already where Lavan comes and sees the ebed Abraham, and he sees the jewelry on Rifka. And we said that's kind of like an indication of where Lavan's head is going to be at from now on, because we know Lavan, Lavan is going to feature himself again in the story of Yaakov. Mm-hmm. So, wow, it's so quiet. <laughs> okay, so, uh, so Lavan is going to be featured again in the story of Yaakov, and, and it's, it's already, we're going to see some of the, some of the indications of his character from this story. Two points, I mean, the first point that we're going to see is his focus on money. And as we know from the story of Yaakov and the Yaakov's complaints about Lavan, that Lavan was was uh, was very as they say, he had a lot of avarice. That's a very advanced word. He was very um any simpler word for that? He was very greedy, yeah. That's another word for it. Okay? So uh so he was very greedy and he would Compromise his integrity for the sake of money, which is what he did with Yaakov As Yaakov says, he kept switching my, his salary on me And we see that the first indication we get is that what he sees is the jewelry of Rifka. And the second thing that we're going to see about Lavan is, is uh, Well, we're going to see that in the story, so let's, let's start with that uh, We're on Pasuk 32, Lamed Bet, in chapter 24 The man comes to the house and he opens up the camels, meaning he gets them, he prepares them, and he gives straw and food to the camels and water to wash his feet, and the feet of the people that were with him. What strikes me in this pasuk is that it doesn't say that Lavan did any of this. The man comes to the house, and he ungirded the camels, who? Probably the man, which means that the servant did it himself. And he gave straw and food to the camels, while maybe they were provided to him by somebody in the household of Lavan, but it seems like he was doing the feeding himself. And then even the water, it doesn't tell us that Lavan provided the water, it seems like he's doing it himself. So this pasuk may be an indication that these people aren't so hospitable. At least not, nothing like Rivka was. Okay? But that's all. That's all a little bit conjecture because the pasuk is just not clear. It doesn't, doesn't have anything clear there. And it was placed before him to eat. And he said, I will not eat until I speak my peace. And they say, speak. Which is very interesting because he's, he's, really, he's a man on a mission. He said, no, I'm not going to take your food. Until you let me speak my peace, because what he's about to, what he wants to do is if you guys do not agree to what I say I'm not going to partake in here. Your... he, he what, what the servant is trying to do is he wants to make this feast into like into a feast that celebrates the decision that they're about to make right so so he said, no I'm not going to start the feast and then waste the opportunity first, let me present my case and if my case is good, and you agree, then this feast that we have will now become a feast celebrating the decision of Rivka's marriage. So that's what he's trying to do here. Okay. And he says, I am a servant of Abraham. And God blessed my master greatly and he became great and he gave him sheep and cattle, silver and gold, servants and maidservants, Camels and donkeys. And Sarah, the wife of my master, gave birth to a child to my master after her old age. And then, and then Abraham gave Yitzchak everything that he had. And my master made me swear, saying. So, he made me swear, saying, "Do not take a woman from the Canaanites that you live, that we live amongst. Rather, imlo el mishpachti. Rather, go to my own household and to my family, And from there, you should take a wife." What's strange about this pasuk? Comments. What is strange about what he just said? He said, Avraham, He says, my master told me. Take a girl from my household and from my family do you yeah, remember what Avram actually said that's from my, te- my city my town te- where I'm from right. Avram said he wants, take... he wants to name it oh, oh He's trying he's trying to, to bring attention to that piece well well what did Avram actually tell him He tell him go back to our yes. hometown and, and remember we explicitly pointed out that he did not tell him to go back to the family. Which was one of the reasons we said maybe there are, pe- there are good people in Haran in general because Abraham does not specify to go back to my family. So he says, so what, is, what is the servant supposed to do? Apparently people in Haran were better. But now when the servant tells the story to the family, what is he trying to do yeah, to the family? It, it's, it's really ah, he's elevating the family. So he's saying, he told me specifically come to you guys. If it, I have no other option but to come to you. And then they like, wow, Abraham. Abraham wants to come to us he
1: wants
0: to close the deal Yeah, exactly He's, he's flattering them So that, so that they uh, think So that they come It's going to be a bit annoying to, to walk through Just try to close it When you're, when you're done On Okay, okay. So I said to my master, maybe the girl won't follow after me. And then he said, and then the servant says, uh, that Abraham told me, That God will be with you, and you will find a wife for uh, Yitzchak. You will be clear of this promise of the swear. If you go to my family and they do not give you the wife, they do not give you the woman, then you're off the hook, and then you will be clear from this promise. Okay. And I come to the well today. And I say, Hashem, the God of my master, Abraham, if you could only make me successful on what I'm about to do. And I say, and I'm standing by the well, and I say, if only the the maiden who comes, and I tell her, please give me some water. And then she says to me, you should drink, and also I will take for your camels. On that is the woman that God has chosen for the son of my master. Right before I even finished thinking about this, bineh rivka is coming out, and she goes down to the well and she's she's drawing from the well. And I tell her, please give me some to drink. And she quickly lowered her picture and she said, drink, and also to the camels drink. And I drank, and also she fed my camels. Now how does that this is also an important point. How does what he just described her doing compare to what she actually did? Look very closely at the Pasuk. More than
1: what he yeah.
0: Well well in the first story. In the first story, she did more. In the first story, she brought him to drink, and then he finishes it, and she goes goes back to the well, draws anew for all of the camels, and then feeds them a second time. But what does he he describe here?
1: He puts everything together.
0: Right. He says, Vatemaher. And she rushed. She said, drink and also, I'm going to let your camels drink. Meaning, he makes it sound like it was just one picture where she gave something to him and some to the camels. But really, she gave a whole pitcher to him, and then she went and refilled for all of the camels. So for some reason, he's consolidating her goodness in this story. How would you do that? Well, we're going to see. Let's, let's finish the narrative, and then we'll analyze the, the, the few points that stand out. So I asked her, about Whose daughter are you? I her, who are you? And she says, I am the daughter of Betwaya. And I put this, the, the nose rings on her and I gave her the, the, the bracelet. Exactly. This is a third difference. Because last time, when did he give her the gift of marriage? <laughs> After the goodness, yes. but before she said which family she's from. But this time, when he repeats the story, what does he say? I asked her who she was, where she was from. Sure. She said, my family. And I said, oh, perfect, Abraham's family. And I gave her another selling point. Right. He's trying, again, he's trying to make them feel good about right. themselves. Mm-hmm. So I bow down and I, 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 uh, I bow down to God. And I blessed Adonai Adonai Abraham. And I blessed the God of my Master Abraham. <speaking in Hebrew> he led me in the right path to take. His the niece of my master or the great niece of my master for his son. Now, if you're going to do truth and kindness with my master, tell me now. And if not, tell me now, and I'll leave. Meaning I'm not going to partake in your food. He's still waiting, by the way, he still hasn't let them feed him. Right? So he's still waiting there, awkwardly, saying, now, if you're going to agree, then I'll sit down and we'll celebrate together. If not, I'm not taking any of your food. That's, putting that's pressure right. on them. He's putting pressure on them. Yes. So, Laban and Betuel, they, 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 Vayaan uh, means they answered loudly, meaning they're excited. He gets them. He he succeeds in getting them excited. Laban and Bituel they say, Me Adonai atzadabar. Wow, this has come from Adonai. Probably, although they may not know of Adonai, they know Abraham serves Adonai. So, wow, this God that Abraham serves, he's making this happen.
1: Still. What is that? Is still
0: it seems like it. It's hard to imagine that they're not. The question was for the recording are they, are they idol worshippers, these people? And it's hard to imagine that they're not. Okay? Uh, they say, We can't speak bad or good to you. This is, this is clearly evident that God is guiding this process before you, take her and go. Uti adonai. And she will be a wife to the son of your master, as God has decreed. Abraham adonai. And it was when uh, the servant of Abraham heard their words, he bows down to God. So amazing, the servant is amazing. The servant, his, his, his uh, appreciation for God's handiwork is is very evident. And he keeps bowing down to God. It's very nice. But what, are, what were all the points that we, we pointed out? The differences between his narration of a story and what actually occurred? The focus on the family. The minimizing of Rifka's goodness. Anything else we, we pointed out? I think that was it, right? That, those are the main things. So, what would be whenever we heard about Rifka for the first time, and the Torah is narrating to us what she is doing? Why what is the Torah trying to point out? Well, the Torah is trying to point out, it's trying to focus on her goodness. It's trying to focus, trying to focus on her clarity, on her, on her quality. So it describes in detail all of the goodness that she does. It describes it in detail that she went, she drew for him, but then she goes back and draws again for all of the camels until the, cam- the camels were finished drinking, which is a lot of water. But when Evid Abraham walks in and he sees the family and he sees Lavan and he sees Betuel he knows who he's dealing with he knows that she is the special one in this family but he doesn't necessarily have that same level of respect for them now do you think that it seems like he knows that what's going to get them excited is not the fact that she's a good girl mm-hmm. he, he, they don't care for her goodness because that's not the kind of people they are they don't care about the fact that her good qualities match the qualities that Abraham is looking for. Again, because that's not what their passion is. What is their passion? Well, their passion is the money, which is why he opens up by saying yeah,
1: my, my that master. my
0: master was blessed by God with everything, with gold, with wealth, with this and that. And, and we see that in the way they see the, the, the jewelry that's on her. And also what's going to get them excited is the honor of their family. They may not be so rich, this family, we don't know how wealthy they are I don't, I don't, I don't know it doesn't, It's not clear how wealthy they are This family But what they do know And they definitely heard That Abraham Their uncle Has become very successful In the land of Israel So maybe they have some kind of jealousy Maybe they're a little bit You know It's like um, You can imagine You could imagine a family In which In which there's That one famous uncle Who became very wealthy and famous And, and Some of the family Who's less successful Some of the great nephews they all say like, oh, he stole, or, or, they, or they 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 kind of feel there's kind of jealous. Resentment. There's resentment. There's always there's, It happens very often. There's resentment. Whenever one person in the family becomes very successful, and they hear about it, and the other family is sitting there not benefiting from it at all, and what he focuses on is is that man, that great man Abraham. He chose you. He wants his family to marry into you guys. So all of a sudden, he gets them very excited. Also, oh. another thing that he does is although these people may not believe in Hashem, per se, but they probably are very superstitious. So he's laying out the story as if, as if, which is true to the original narrative, but he's putting a lot of focus on the fact that this is being guided by God. And then when he lays it out for them, and he shows them how perfect it was that this boy Yitzhak, by the way, came from a very old mother, and he was born in a miraculous way, meaning you're marrying something very special. And I came here and before I even finished speaking, Rivka appears to me and I say, who are you? And she says, I'm the daughter of Bituel. And I said, wow, that's amazing. You're from the family I was looking for. Didn't exactly happen like that. It was still guided by God. But he's really emphasizing the idea that it was guided by God because they may be superstitious. So if they see it, they're going to say, wow, we have to let it happen. And they do say it because immediately upon him completing the story, they say, wow, may this is from God. The final thing I'd like to point out is that well we had a question was it wrong on the servant's part to give her the, the nose rings and the bracelets before he knew who their family was? No, no. Was it wrong?
1: I think it was wrong.
0: You think it was wrong? No. I don't think you don't wrong. think? I personally don't think it was wrong. He, I, I mean, you could make the, you could make saying, an opposite case. He paid because her for her service, basically. No, 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 no. That that is not for her kindness. For her kindness. No no no, 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 no. Because it's just not. A acquisition, sign. Acquisition. He wants to. He wants to take. Care of yeah, yeah. That for sure. It's not just a payment no, because no, no. by giving her those nose rings, I think that's a sign that we're we're taking you into our family. Yes. So the question is: Was he wrong for trying to take her into the family before knowing which family she was from? I don't think so. Giacomo says, and I think there are two ways to look at it. Giacomo says, of course he was wrong because you have to know. What, what if she came from a messed up family? What if she comes from a terrible family? But on the flip side, her what qualities we, of a human being, what she did, right, right? So on the flip so side, she, I think I think, think the, the contrast. I think the contrast between the story of Eliezer uh, of the servant the second time and what actually transpired the first time, maybe he's trying to show us that the servant rightfully judged her for her qualities and not for the, the honor and for the other things that typically play, play a role in the marriage. Now we, so there are two ways to look at it because we also in, in Mashadi culture take families a very serious thing, right? But there are two, there are two ways to look at family, right? When, when we look at the family of the person, let's say that there is, that there is a potential Shiduq, are we looking at it in the sense of I want them to be a, a honored family a, a, I don't know, a, a family that I could show off about, or are we looking at it as are they a good family? Now a lot of people, I mean, a lot of people across the world, when they say we want good family, they don't mean we want good family. What do they say? We want respectable family, which is a big difference. We want we want to be able to show off with the, well, look at the family we are connected with. Right? but they're not looking for good so I think one of the contrasts between the second narrative and the first narrative is that the servant rightfully is focused on the quality of the person even if the family is not necessarily there
1: Could we? Yeah. I have a question yeah, me too. what do you what do you guys think I, I, I personally think that he, but did, you, did you get the point I made, yeah. by, I made point. Yeah.
0: meaning there are two there are two do you understand how when we even today, when we look for family, there could be there could be two ways reasons we're looking for family. Either we're looking to show off about the family we got into, or we're or we're actually looking for a decent family, which not always is the same type of family, okay. right? A lot of the very good families aren't the type of family that you get to show off about that, that bring you honor.
1: Yeah, remember, this is why in that town. So that's why when he, so he gave it, it to her, job. he did he his job. He didn't judge.
0: Right, so you're saying he didn't make a mistake. He made a deal with himself. Here it says that he got
1: very excited because of what happened. So he already... He made a deal with Hashem. He made a deal with Hashem. The thing happened. He wasn't supposed to see if he's a good family or not.
0: Okay, true, true. But what Giacomo is saying is, right, maybe he doesn't have to look at the family because he found the good qualities, but at the end of the day, the text does indicate that he got a little bit excited and rushed into it which probably is true because you could see yeah. he gets so excited that his prayers are right answered after, right after he gives her the... the he asked for a marriage before asking the most simple question, which is, who are, who are your parents? So she would
1: have She would have given
0: it? So, so he obviously got up. So I think there are two ways of looking at it. Either he was a little bit impetuous and he rushed into it without, without thinking too much. But you could also look at it and say he was looking for quality of goodness and not for... He wasn't looking for... To marry uh, Yitzhak to a, a princess, a family that was the, had had respect, was was respected as a princely family. That wasn't of importance to him, which is a very important thing. I think he believed in Hashem, and he made a deal with Hashem, and Hashem, he saw that Hashem, said he
1: needed to Right, and then he and he jumps and on. You it. Can so I, 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 I could
0: see it. You could see it both ways. Again, I'm I'm presenting both options. Um, what I do think is clear is that that uh, the focus is definitely not on let's marry into royalty. But because that's not it's not a Jewish value. This, Jew, we, we don't value marrying into royalty. We marry we value marrying into goodness. It's big very big but
1: this does not mean necessarily that family is not important to watch. You know, of course not. Because but, because we've came interpreted that from his angle is like it's an unnecessary thing to watch because all you want to look at is the no the, that's not the, what i'm saying the thing of the
0: but, but all i'm saying is that family is important to the extent that you're marrying into family because of their goodness but not because of their royalty the if it's become a, yes. if it, if it becomes an issue of honor where you want to, where you're marrying into royalty for the sake of the honor it brings you, that's not a Jewish value, that's it seems. Exactly. But if you're marrying into family because of their qualities of that's goodness, but then his that is question of thing. asking after. Yeah. If
1: he, she would have given an answer that you would have not really liked, would have affected the yeah, thing? Man, already man, gave, he gave he that the thing. Oh, by the way, yeah. who's your family? My family is uh, <laughs> <laughs> Jack <laughs> Biden. Let me fight Biden. But when you go forward, you see. <laughs> that he had, he, had a, he was worried about because of the brother and how the family was treating him. So it made him a little bit confused. You
0: know, okay, we'll see. Now, then now then she had to
1: say, okay,
0: I'm going to come with you. So the next part of the story is very interesting. Uh, are, are we good at that analysis? We yes. have... We, we have okay, we have, we have both sides. The next part of the story... Is, is uh, it's very interesting because the family is going to have buyer's remorse. Mm-hmm. You know, we, it happens to all of us, we get very excited about something, mm-hmm. the next morning you wake up and say, whoa, I'm not ready for that. It's a year. It's 30 days. It's, I'm not ready That's for that. Okay? Says, wait a year. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so we're on, now we're on, <laughs> <laughs> on Aliyah al-Khamishi. We're Aliyah khamishi at Pasuk, Pasuk 53. <laughs> the servant brings out uh, silverware and goldware and clothes and he gives to Rivka, this is the, the jahaz right this is actually in the Torah we have a word for it it's called Mohar. Mohar means the gifts that they're given that are given to the to the wife. Okay? okay. So he gives to Rifka, umigdanot natan he gives treats to the brother and to the mother. They eat and they drink. Him, he, and the people that are with them, and they sleep. And he gets up in the morning and says, Okay, let me go, we're done. So it's about like 12 hours that he's with them. Because we know that he went to the well towards the night, meaning in the afternoon. So he meets her towards the afternoon. They have the meal at night where he, where they, they, saw, they, they close the deal. He hmm. sleeps the next morning, I'm out of here. 12 hours, chip job, okay? They say, let her dwell here with us a year, maybe a few months, 10 months, and then she can go. He says to them, do not make me delay. Because God is making me successful. Hmm. Send me so I can go back to my master. Again, God is making me successful. As you admitted last night, this is being guided by God or maybe in their language by the gods. I mean, unless if they're pagan, right? If they're pagan, they could still see some kind of um, you know, superstition going on here. Or, or you you want to mess with what the, the, the lords are, are, are doing? So he said, let us call the girl. Piha, And let's ask her. So they call the girl and they say, are you going to go with this man? And she says, now the fact that she says in one word, what does that connote? What is, she's confident. She's She's confident, she has, she's on a mission. She has no doubts. I'm going to go. No hesitation. No hesitation. They send Rivka, their, their sister, and her her uh, um, how do you translate menikta? Her nurse, ner- say, yeah. her nurse. It's it's they used to have like, a wet, like the a wet the, nurse. the nurse that raised them would then stay with them and become their maid servant So this is like they were called the maniktah even so though she, she was not they had
1: some money.
0: Could be. They could have had some money, correct. Yeah. What? Everyone had that, no? It
1: was a normal it was a normal thought.
0: Does the fact that she had a maidservant doesn't mean that they were wealthy? Good question. I don't know. So he sent them, and they blessed Rivka and they say to her, You will be thousands upon thousands, and your descendants will conquer the gates of their enemies. And Rivka gets up and her maidservants, and they go on the camels, and they go after the man. The man takes Rivka, and he's out of there, and he goes. Okay, a couple of things about, about this story. Mm-hmm. What, what's, what's significant about this story? Well, first of all, what is the main word, the, what is the only word that Rivka says? Elech. Elech. And who does that remind you of?
1: Abraham. 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 Abraham was lech lecha. Yeah.
0: So, what are we seeing? So, so far in the beginning of the parasha, we saw that when she services the servant, batimahir. she does it quickly. Batimaher, batimaher, Very similar to the qualities of Abraham. And when she gets up to leave, Haran, which is the same exact place that Abraham had to leave, she confidently says, elih Why? Because she sees that it, this is the calling of God. So we see that Rivka is mimicking the story of Abraham very clearly. She has the same characteristics and she has the same confidence in following the way of God. Now, if you want to see something interesting, notice that when Rifka is listening to the servant of Abraham retelling the story, she knows, she notices that he's manipulating the story and she notices that he leaves out the part about her qualities, about her goodness, that he minimized the goodness. And then she realizes that, wait, I, maybe my family doesn't have the right values because clearly this servant doesn't see my family as valuing that, which they don't. And she notices that I either have this family which doesn't value those things or another family which clearly does. And it hits her when she's hearing the story of the servant that his real intention is that I took her not because of the family but because of her qualities. So she realizes that where I'm going to go is going to be a place of goodness, good qualities, where those are the real values. And she has a decision to make. Should I stay back with my family in the comfort of my own home? Or should I take the risk of going with this person and p- paving a new path and joining into the covenant of Boreolam? Mm. And she confidently says, Elech, I will go, with the same language that Abraham goes. Mm. So now Rifka becomes like Abraham version 2, mm. which is a fascinating thing. She's a very, very strong character.
1: Yeah, questions? I mean, I think, I mean, to me, it's not kind of like a. It, it seems to me, I was always wondering why they would have this. This story about all of a sudden they said the next day, why don't you stay for a year or 10 months? But I think all of that was a precursor for her to say Yes, that's what I think
0: as well. He's he's saying why why do we have to know about their second thoughts And then their cold feet and then they don't want to send her And I think the idea is, is that Torah wants to show you That this ultimately became her own decision that she took for herself you know? And they say, by the way, when people make decisions for themselves and they own it, they take a lot more pride in their decision. It's like, um, you know, when people are forced into things, they, when raising kids, I mean, like, uh, it's a classic thing. When, when I, you want, the kids will, if they're forced into something, they won't, they won't mm-hmm. like it. But if it's something that they chose for themselves, they feel a certain pride that, wow, this is a decision, this is something I own. It's my own thing. Nobody forced it upon me. And then they appreciate it more. So there's something about her making the decision for herself which shows that which she makes this pursuing of the covenant her own decision. And now, and now she's really embracing it wholeheartedly. And the story is setting it up to show you that she was put in a position where she had those, that decision to make and she made the right one. And now she buys into the covenant without being forced into it. Yeah. Do you make anything of the mother and brother having the cold feet and not you stay, but it seems like, is like no, So what I think is happening is um, is Bitwell probably had many wives. So I, I have a feeling that what happens is that the the father is typically less involved because he has so many families to handle that the mother and the brother are actually the ones in in that, in that society are the ones in control they're more connected, they're more connected. the same way. We said we said that Yitzhak felt the loss of Sarah probably a lot very intensely because Abraham's attention was split between Hagar Ishmael and Sarah and Yitzhak. But Sarah's attention was completely devoted to Yitzhak. So I have a feeling that it would they had a tendency to for the more immediate family meaning the brother and the mother to be more attentive to the needs of the girl and the father was had a lot more going on in his life, so he wouldn't be as I have a feeling it, that's what's going on
1: We know that to be true Because when she when, I mean we're jumping ahead When he did After he He met um, Rifka He was consoled From his mother's death
0: Yes yeah. Yes It's very That's an important point We're going to read now Okay Next story Now we have to get to the point Where They We meet Rifka Meets Yitzchak. Bring out your phone I want to see the Start looking at the Vaisa etenavs In, in Sefer Bereshit Those are going to be Very important Okay. Now, what's going on in the story is that we, is, we were just... Our camera has, has just been focused on Rivka and the servant. Okay, so our camera has just been focused on Rivka and the servant. And now, the camera is going to leave Haran and the camera is going to go on to Yitzchak. And then we're going to see they're approaching Israel from the vantage point of Yitzchak. So we completely changed the lens right now. Okay. <speaking in Hebrew> Yitzchak is coming from, his, from, his, from coming to Be'er L'Chai Ro'i. This is a place. A place called <speaking in> Be'er <Hebrew> Lachairo'i. And he was dwelling in the Negev. Where was Abraham dwelling at the time? Where is Abraham dwelling now? I think he's in Beersheba. Sheva. Abraham dwells in Beersheba. Last we know, he's either in Hebron or Beersheba. But he's definitely not in the Eretz Han-Negev or in Be'er L'Chairo'i. So they weren't together. It seems like they weren't or together. They Be'er L'Chairo'i, I'll give you the, the hint to the, the difficulty here, is Be'er is actually the place that Hagar went to yes. when she was chased away by Sarah. Yes. Mm-hmm. And when she meets the angel who tells her that you're going to have a child, this and that. Or 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 uh, is it that, or is it the place she went,
1: you went there with Ishmael? Pray, check went, check, uh, which. The first one. It's the
0: second one. When she when she went.
1: With her son. Yeah, it says here.
0: With her son. Yeah,
1: this, yeah. This, Ishmael, is what, with, uh, this was the propitious site where Haggad's book had it. once been answered. Oh, and it was there that Isaac had gone to pray.
0: Okay, but no, no, but she went twice. Find out which time it was. Was it the second time? With I I I want to trust Naomi, but um, but just make sure because it's very important. Okay, so anyways, Yitzchak is in that area which has some relation to agar and, and you'll find where it was exactly. Okay, Yitzchak, went out to. Pray. Hard to know. Mm-hmm. Word "lasuach" is a very very difficult word. He went out to pray in the field, if not arev, towards the night. And he raises up his eyes and he sees. And camels are coming. And now Rivka raises her eyes. And she sees Yitzchak and she falls off or alights from her camel. So many difficult words here. <laughs> so she says to the servant, to Golachod Eliezer, Who is this man? Basadeli kratenu? Who is in the field coming to approach us? Who He is my master. And she cover, and she takes her scarf and she covers herself. Although I notice that until now the servant has been calling him eved, uh, the the son of my master, and now he says it's my master." Okay? Maybe it's like getting married is his rite of passage into replacing filling his father's shoes. Something like that. The servant tells to Yitzchak, all of the things that he did. And Yitzchak brings her to the tent of Sarah, his mother. And he brings her into the tent of his mother. And he takes Rivka and she was to him a wife and she loved her. And he felt... And he loved her. What? He and, loved her. and he loved her, yes. And Yitzchak was comforted over his mother. Any uh, news press, on the, on the Hagar is, store? Is after, I, think.
1: I think it's the second. It is a second? Yeah. Mm-hmm. She
0: wandered in the desert. That's that's, second yeah. that's the second one. Yeah. And the first one that doesn't really say. Yeah, but then she named it. Anyways, the, uh, I'm, not, it's not so, uh, I'm not so concerned with which time. I'm concerned with the fact that it's clearly related to Hagar. Yes. Yes. So for that reason, by the way, the Midrashim say yes, that, that Yitzchak had gone to find Hagar and bring her back for to her Abraham
1: Israel, as a wife. Yes.
0: For some reason, the Midrashim tried to take a very oh. um, reconciliatory tone when it comes to Yitzchak and Ishmael and Hagar, and Yitzchak's trying to bring Hagar back into the
1: fold. Because, because Yitzchak and Ishmael were together when they were
0: burying also... Yeah, yeah, they yeah. and Yitzchak and Ishmael were together at the end of our parasha when they're burying Avraham. And then that's why some of the Midrashim also say that Keturah was Hagar, because Yitzchak was going to bring Hagar when he was in Be'er l'Kharoi. So you see all the Midrashim, they build together this, this narrative that sits upon our text, which it's there are a lot of assumptions that they make, which are not Peshat, but it's a, it's cool how they all connect to one another. But um, okay, so we'll analyze a couple of things. Uh, it seems like if he's going back to Be'er Lachayroi, what was Be'er Lachayroi? It was a place where Hagar had an experience with the divine, right? Now Yitzhak is not living with his father, and he's out where Hagar was when she was when she left Abraham. And Could it be that Yitzchak is praying for something? Maybe he's looking for something. Could it be that Yitzchak is out here praying for his success in finding a mate? And then what happens? Maybe, maybe the same way the second the servant opens up his mouth and he prays to God, Rivka all of a sudden appears. Yitzchak is out here. He remembers the loss of his mother. He still hasn't gotten over the loss of his mother and he feels just as lost as Hagar felt when she was chased out of the home. And he goes back to the place where Hagar had an experience with God and he turns to God and he prays, basadeh, and he prays and he says, God, will you, be able to, will you help me find the person that will give me the comfort over the loss of my mother? And then as he's praying, what happens? The same way Rifka shows up to the servant of Abraham immediately, now she, she shows up in the middle of Yitzchak's prayer as well. Which is a beautiful thing it's, it's such a nice thing to see and then and then you see the way that the text is showing they almost had like love at first sight because mm-hmm. it says by sight and up he raises up his eyes and he sees she's there and she lifts up her eyes and she sees he's there and their eyes meet they both by sight they both they both had that moment of at and sight and they see each other by sight and up is often related to a form of nivwa also mm-hmm. so it could be that they saw beyond sure. They saw beyond the physical, and they already saw that this could be a covenantal partnership, that this could be something good. Mm-hmm.
1: Now, so now... Um, it's Bilam also is written in Really?
0: So Bilam is Vaisayetana, that's very interesting. Bilam is Vaisayetana for all of his nevuot. Also, uh, they say, the Rambam says that, that Abraham, whenever we see Vaisayetana by Abraham, he's, it's because he's entering into nevuot. also. So it could be that this, they realize that this marriage is going to be something spiritual, and not just a f- uh, physical marriage. That's why they use the word by and not by both of them. And now, finally, uh, I want someone who is married to read to read this this comment on, in the Hertz Again, I, I love reading this because his language is so beautiful. Somebody who wants you're to read sixty-seven. are better in English. Daniel, you have the Hertz there. Here, read sixty-seven, and do it in the recording. Here. Though I underlined it. Just underline part. Yeah. But however important it is that love shall precede marriage, it is far more important that it shall continue after marriage. The modern attitude lays all the stress on the romance before marriage. The olden Jewish view emphasizes the lifelong devotion and affection after marriage. Beautiful. Beautiful. What's that? What's that? What's, what is he pointing out in the text? He took her as a wife. He took her as a wife and then. But he loved the Ishah and he that the love continued after marriage. And that's the Jewish way. It's not about the romance, the Hollywood romance before. It's about the continuation and the devotion that comes after. Okay. Next, the final story is, uh, and we'll finish with this. Um, the final story that concludes our parasha is by Yosef Abraham, by Ushma Ushmah Abraham continues and he takes a wife and her name is Keturah. Well, we're going to read uh this whole aliyah this is the sixth aliyah until the, the seventh part bathelel lo et zimran yokshan vet midan vet midyan vet isbak vet shuah and she gives birth to abraham uh all of these kids zimran yokshan midan midyan ishbak, shuach. ve yokshan yalad et sheva bet eden uvne dedan ayu ashurim utushim tushim u dumim anan uh I mean, yokshan had kids Sheva, Dan. The sons of Dan were Ashurim, Letushim, Ulumim. I don't know what that is. That's, I guess, those are peoples. Uvne Midian, Efa, Eldaa, Ele And then the descendants of Midian were Efa, Efer, and Chanoch, Avida and Elda'ah. These were the sons of Ketura. By ten, Abraham et kol to Yitzchak. And Abraham gives everything he has to Yitzchak. And to the concubines that Abraham had, Abraham gave gifts. And he sends them from the face of Yitzchak's son when he's still alive, east to the land of the east. And these are the days of the life of Abraham. They lived one hundred seventy-five years. And Abraham expires and he dies in old age old and full, and he is taken up to his people. Yitzchak and Ishmael bury him in the cave of Machpelah, to the land of Ephron ben Sochar, the Chittite, that is in Mamre, the field that Abraham had bought from the people of Chet, Shamma Abraham Sarai So That is where Abraham and Sarah were buried. It was after Abraham died. God blesses Yitzchak his son. And, and Yitzchak lives in Be'er Lachai Very, very strange part. So we have a many, many questions on this final part of Abraham's life. Uh-huh. Abraham finishes off his life by taking a woman named Keturah. Now the midrashim they say Keturah was Hagar. Hagar. We already explained where this is all coming from. They're building into the storyline that's created by the midrash that Yitzhak went to bring back Hagar, which is why he went to Berlachayroi, and then she brings back Hagar, and now and, and uh, Hagar marries Abraham and they have more kids, and it's kind of like a reconciliatory tone at the end of Abraham's life with Hagar and Ishmael. The midrashim also say that Ishmael bid teshuvah. Which may be playing into the same story that both Pagar and Ishmael brought back in. The difficulty with the midrashim, the main difficulty, is the pasuk that says, the pasuk six, ve'livne ha'pilakshim mashi'el Abraham. and to the sons of the pilakshim, plural, the plural concubines that Abraham had, he gave them gifts. Now, why is that a difficulty to our, to, our, to the midrashic assumption? Because who are the plural concubines? Well, we would assume it's Hagar and Keturah.
1: So Keturah is white. Keturah is white.
0: So so there's a a third interpretation, (laughs) there are additional ones. It seems like Keturah is concubine, anyways. um, Her main goal is to bear children. The the first one of the paragraph says he added added on to what was uh, before could just be, did something else, because took new action. I see you oh, Wait, 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 wait. Yeah. hold on. The, the, real, the real biggest question is why she called Keturah her name uh-huh. is Agar, right? Uh-huh. So the Midrash says Keturah, why? Because Keturah sounds like Ketoret, and her actions were, were smelled as good to the divine as the Ketoret smells, you know, to the divine. That the God was smelling her actions like the, like God smells the Ketoret. Um, but, uh, so we know where the Midrash is coming from I think the Midrash is trying to play It's trying to draw our attention to Yitzchak Mostly To why Yitzchak keeps going back to Hagar's place Why he's praying in Hagar's place Why he ends up living in Hagar's place And how Ishmael Is back in the story When they bury Abraham Maybe the, 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 the Midrash is trying to point out That again, that they came back into the fold I, I want sense, to say that sense,
1: no uh-huh. This is what Right. This Uh-oh. is what I see. I mean, I interpreted the Pasuk. It's kind of almost before he dies. He's, he's fulfilling also what Sarah did, sending away, because he doesn't want any, his son to grow up with any type Okay, of, so, right. And, I have another thing. I think that Yitzchak bro- brought Hagar back because he, he lost his mother. And this was like the second mother.
0: To him. So Giacomo is saying that maybe Yitzhak, the Midrash wants to say that Yitzchak brought Hagar back because of how much he missed his mother. Why was he in Be'rl-Khayro'i? He was going back trying to find the only mother figure he had in his life, who was Hagar. I mean, the one left, who was Hagar. And then as, maybe, but, and then, but also for himself, to, to have a mother again. And then as he's going back to Be'rl-Khayro'i to find Hagar, his, his wife comes and fills that role for him, yeah. instead of Hagar. Something like that. That's so what Jack Mosin, which I think is beautiful. So to analyze the story, first of all, we have to see what was, Abraham's, what was Abraham's educational pattern, which we pointed out? That he had to realize that his only, the main descendants, the descendants who would be the covenantal partners, are going to come from Sarah. So he had to realize that A, Hagar is no good, and B, that the son has to be educated from Sarah. And that he had to listen to Sarah, and to realize that only Itzhaq could, could be the one, and that he has to send away Ishmael. Now it was difficult for Abraham at first to send away Ishmael. But by the end of his life, when he has the other kids, it's easy for him. Which shows that Abraham has gotten to the point where he realizes the difference between the covenantal child and the children that are born to concubines. So he sends them away in showing that he's achieved that understanding, that he realizes that Yitzhak is the one that has to come through Sarah and nobody else. Um, another thing, by the way, is that this could also be fulfilling the promises that Abraham will be the father of many nations. There is a Midrash that says... That what which son of Noah did Keturah descend from? Yefet, oh. which means that Abraham had a wife from Ham, who was Hagar the Mitzri. He had a wife from Shem who was Sarah, and then he has a wife from Yefet, the third son of Noah, who fulfills the promise that Abraham father will be the nation. father of all of the nations. So Abraham now has descendants from all three nations. That's a midrash that says that. It's very interesting. Um, so, yeah. also, if you say that Yitzchak went to Berlecharoi like, to pray to have his own quote unquote divine experience, like, I uh-huh. did, and then he started right after, I mean, that he, he went to live there because he believed it was a divine place and he wanted to live in a place where it helped him find his wife. You know what I mean? Like he thought it was a holy place. Okay, so that that so you're trying to answer why does he end up living in Berlecharoi? The right, yeah, I think that's a good interpretation. I, I, again, I, I'm bringing up the... I'm trying to bring, open up the difficulties and the, the nuances in the text and we have to try to analyze and see what they mean. Okay? Yeah. Um, and one more thing to point out about this text. Two of the sons that come from Keturah are Middan and Midian. Yeah. And do you know where these two sons, Midan and Midian, are featured again?
1: Yeah. In the desert. They're going to
0: when? With Yosef. When? With Yosef whenever the sale of Yosef happens he is sold by Midanim and Midyanim who, the, who maybe the same way remember when, whenever we wanted to set up the story of Rivka we introduce uh, Rivka first and then we go to the story of, of how we uh, how went maybe this is already setting up the story of Yosef it's a bit of a stretch because Yosef is two generations also, away how did
1: they but, become who are these big nations but, but you that, can tell that they were nations at that time and they were just born now I didn't mean to young, general, turn with that being I don't know. said, good maybe, maybe the setup of asking buyer's remorse with Rivka was a prelude to what's going to happen again to to Yaakov, same thing.
0: Again, again, explain.
1: What happened with the, the next day? The family said maybe we should, should stay a little longer, and this and Oh, two it's things. It's a prelude y- that could happen. You just brought show. two points to me. What do we see
0: about Laban? I introduced by saying we're going to see two things about Lavan. One was his greediness and or his avarice. And two is that he, always, he never lets women go. His daughters, yes, also. he also kept them. And then for, for Rivka, he also keeps her. So Lavan has this inability to let the women who he wants to control out of his life. His daughters, Rachel and Leah. No, they're mine. Remember he chases after Yaakov. He said, these are mine. Even the daughters are mine. Right, so Lavan has this inability to let go of them. And the same thing he does with, with Rivka. Final thing is that the blessing that Lavan and the mother give Rivka is At hayil ava, Who else got that same exact blessing? Avraham, after the Akedat Yitzchak. That your descendants are going to be great and they're going to conquer the gates of their enemies. Which means that when she makes that decision, She is getting to the same level that Avraham got to after the Akedat Yitzchak. And she's... It's like her rite of passage into the covenant. That You've now become part of the covenant. You've now passed your test. You've become like Avraham and now you deserve to be the one who takes after Avraham. And what's interesting is that Rivka is going to be a very, very active character. She's the one who who does all of the planning. She's the one who does all of the planning and the manipulation, whatever needed to make sure... The covenant goes to the right son. Um, so there's a lot of, uh, again, there's a lot, of, a lot to talk about at the end of this parasha. One last thing that I found very interesting, and what this will close. It says, and Abraham sends these kids, the ones that came from Keturah, he sends them to the east, to the land of the east. Why
1: east and not west and not west So south and
0: some north of north. the, you know, in, in recent years, the um, eastern religions have become very popular. They become very popular. Meditation has become very big, especially because everybody is losing their minds because of their phones. So everybody's nervous these days. So, meditation, Eastern religions, Buddhism have become, they've become very popular. All these kids go from college, they go and they, oh, I want to go find myself. So, they go, they can go to India. And, um, and everybody does it. And, from the army. From and then, the army. So, so, so there are some, some people, they say, they want to claim that, <laughs> I find it kind of funny, they want to claim that even those religions came from Abraham. So, they say, when Abraham sent these kids east, he was sending them, and they went to India, and they went to east, the east. What's, what's east of the Arabian Peninsula? Where or Israel? The Far East, China, India, these places. So um, Tibet. So uh, Abraham, Abraham goes, and and even even those religions we started them. So nothing. We haven't. We, we started everything. Nobody. So, there's actually, nothing. There's nothing good in this world that we didn't start. Actually, last week,
1: I actually last <laughs> week with the story of Ishmael, Now same thing. Why is he sending these kids away? He wants to influence everyone to follow our ship. The biggest influence he has on the world. I I I think I think the
0: key point. Now people in India and everywhere
1: are following Buddha and all these. So the question is, why is he
0: sending these kids away? Um, I think the point of him sending them away is for the text to show us that he learned the lesson of the importance and the value of Yitzchak. Meaning, he wants to make sure that you know you know why. There's actually there are some studies done. I mean that they they studied the, the, the the laws of the time that Abraham lived. One of the rules was you have to give your Yerusha, they, they find this in like Hammurabi's code, I, I heard it on a shiur, it's very interesting, that you have to give your inheritance. your inheritance to anybody who you do not send away within your lifetime. So they say by sending these kids away, he's sh- ensuring that Yitzhak is the wow. only descendant to exclusively receive the Yerusha. If they were to stay and be around during his death, then all of those sons would split the Yerusha with Yitzhak, and Yitzhak would not be the sole inheritor of the covenant. Right, so he would have twelve other kids who jointly owns Merata Mahpilah with him, which is a problem. You know. So he sends him away in his lifetime to say Yitzchak is the only inheritor, there's nobody else. That let's just finish the parashah. The parasha concludes with Elle Toledot Ishmael and it goes to the descendants of Ishmael. And I just want to point out that any time in Bereshit you see Toledot, the word Toledot, it means one of two things. Either it means we are now beginning the story of the next person to continue the covenant. Like, Toledot Terach, Toledot Adam, Toledot Or it could mean we are about to conclude the story of a person who is left out of the covenant. So here it's Ele Toledot to say that he, we're going to tell you what happens to him because we are not going to be talking about him any further. So that we kick out Ishmael and the same thing we're going to see with Esav. When it finishes his Toledot, it's going to say Esav. We are done with Esav. He has now left, and we are going to continue the story with Yaakov. I'm going to. By, let's finish. I want to read you the Hertz Kumash, the Sansino Kumash that I, I I'm growing, I'm loving more and more. Has a very beautiful summation of the life of Abraham. I want to read it for you inside. It's so, it's so, it's so nice. Uh, listen very closely and just and just appreciate the poetry of the way he writes. Oh, I love it. Abraham, he was the pioneer of the monotheistic faith. Undazzled by the heathen splendor of Nimrod or a Hammurabi, he broke away from the, the debasing idol worship of his contemporaries and devoted his life to the spread of the world-redeeming truth of the one God of justice and mercy. He forsook home and family to brave unknown dangers because the voice of God bade him to do so. And throughout his days, he showed that faith in God must manifest itself in implicit and joyful surrender to the divine will. He set an example to his children to sacrifice the dearest things in life, and if need be, life itself, in defense of the spiritual heritage entrusted to their care. While he preached renunciation in the service of God, he practiced loving kindness and truth towards his fellow men. Witness his magnanimity in his treatment of Lot, his fine independence in the refusal to accept any of the spoils won by the men of his household, his benevolence in the reception of strangers, his stand for justice when pleading for the doomed cities, and his all-embracing human pity, which extended even to those who had forfeited all claim to human pity. Finally, the closing stage of his life shows his anxiety that the spiritual treasures he had acquired should be transmitted unimpaired through his son to future generations. Verily, he is the prototype of what the Jew should aim at being. Look unto the rock whence you were hewn. Look unto Abraham your father, is the divine exhortation addressed to Israel. Baruch Amen. Amen.
1: Amen.